This week, we're going to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric are going to join me for an early 2000s romp from Ben Stiller and his friends called Dodgeball. It's a movie, we watched it, it's, it's exactly what you think it is, uh... Check the timestamps to get right to the part where we talk about it, and I'm just going to get on with the show. So, I mean, hey, if you're listening to the podcast, why don't you subscribe to it? And that way you can hear more episodes and share it on your social media feeds if you like it. Rate it on your podcast app of choice. And if you want to reach out to us, go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. There you can find links to all of our social media feeds. We're maghuge on Twitter. You can email us at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com and get in touch with the show and... And, and participate in the fun. All right, let's just let's do this thing. Hi guys, how hey. you doing? Good. How are How's you, hello. buddy? Hello. Hi. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I'm Eric. I'm Eric. You're you're Hi, Brian. And I'm you're Brian. Chris. I'm Chris. And we're back to a huge podcast. Let's do some audio gold. <laughs> or not. Uh. So this. This week's show, this has basically been on deck for like a month, right? Like we we made yeah. the pick, uh, and then everything like yeah. scheduling and whatnot. So, uh, I <laughs> I'm not super fresh on it now because uh, it's been about two weeks since I rewatched it for the umpteenth time. But I think right. it'll be okay. Well, let's talk about what you are fresh on <clears throat> in our segment called the fresh show. Oh, bam. This shit is fresh. That's some radio gold right there. Yeah. No yeah, time for the baby. jibba jabba. Somebody knows no. how to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, Let's inside baseball. I started. edit the podcast, so I'm the one who's trying to get it to end. Yeah. <laughs> but Brian's, anyway. Brian's like the producer on the outside the camera doing like the wrap it up, cut it, stretch it, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. fresh shit. What have we been watching, seeing, doing? I gotta start. Who's got with, fresh shit? I gotta start. I gotta start because I heard. Go. Okay, uh, this is something I absolutely demand you go listen to. It is uh, uh, okay. New York Times has a podcast, The Daily, and they had an episode come out uh, about a week or two ago. Uh, a. O. Scott, the film critic for the New York Times, is quitting uh, because. There's no point in reviewing films anymore. And this podcast episode is an interview with him explaining it, with him explaining <clears throat> why it doesn't matter. Because everything is Marvel, <laughs> everything is IP, everything is like a series and none of it is different from anything else. And there are still films. Oh yeah, he has this great thing where he talks about how I- there are still good films being made. But they're all on streaming, and since they're all on streaming, there's no impetus to go to a theater and see it. There's no okay. impetus for a movie critic to tell you about it, 
because Netflix will just pop it up because of an algorithm and let you see. I thought it. he was going to say it was because there was a million YouTube channels elbowing him out of the space. Nope. Nope. But nope. No. Well, that's okay. because there's it's nothing the, worth yeah. reviewing. And uh, he was talking about, I guess, um, uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson tweeted at him saying, hey, everybody, we got to find a job A.O. Scott can actually do. Because <laughs> A.O. Scott was like, these Marvel movies are just, you know, cutouts of other Marvel movies. Well, it's like the, uh, the new model for ticket sales at the movie theaters. It's like they want to bring people back after the pandemic, and their option is to charge premium prices for better seats. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's like they that, just that hasn't infected my movie theater yet. I'm I'm, I'm okay just, so far. I mean, it's like AMC, I think, or that one of the well, big chains. But it's like, they, yeah, if they want to charge more, AMC needs to do what Alamo did, which is I will absolutely pay more for the shut the fuck up showing. Yeah, right. Like, if I I will pay more if you will kick these idiots out who, who have to like process <laughs> it, everything verbally yeah. oh look he's doing the thing that he's doing on the script shut the fuck up this isn't blues clues um but yeah doesn't matter no. though if you're still watching the same dumbass fucking movie that's like an intellectual property and the only reason you go is because it's yet another fucking goddamn level of fast and furious who cares i i mean I'm, i listen to this and i kind of go you know what? Yeah, this is sort of my predicament. I don't care about movies anymore. There are movies from 40, 50 years ago I look at, and I go, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was good. But anything made today, even if it is good, I have no drive to see it. I don't care. I'm not running out to see Parasite. When I do see it, I well, recognize the brilliance of it, but yeah. the whole thing is pretty much dead. It doesn't matter you, no more. You've also <laughs> reached an age where passion is just gone, right? Like, we're all in our 50s, and it's like, eh. Yeah, so it's hard to get riled up I'm, about that. I don't know about that. The system, oh. the system is busted. Not yeah. me. Well, because I've it, got plenty of passion over the other thing I've been into this week, which is Star Trek Online. I am still <laughs> a Star Trek uh, fucking addict, and apparently STO is now free. Uh, they used to charge, you know, a, a subscription price. You could just do it now. <clears throat> Probably because there are fewer and fewer people playing. But I started playing it. You could start as a Klingon or as, you know, in the 24th century, or the 23rd century, like whatever aesthetic approach. I picked original series uh, of because course. it looks the most yeah. crazy sci-fi. The problem is no matter what happens, they end up pulling you into the same universe. And I'm like, well, then why'd you ask? Uh, <laughs> it's to give you the, the impression of free will. Yes, uh, yes. People want to personalize their character, and uh, that's honestly what a lot of monetization but, schemes are are but based you on. Start out shit for your character. The thing is, you're not. You start out. You're not personalizing your character. You're in the universe of the 23rd century. You're like, okay, I am TV Star Trek. My approach to this game is going to be TV Star Trek, and everything in it is TV Star Trek until one of the quest missions, the you know required missions dumps you into the future i'm pretty sure any any approach you pick the guy says okay well you're now here now i know you were a klingon but you're here now now you're here now <laughs> oh Lazy. thanks uh, uh now, is this is this a mobile game or a pc game <laughs> it is a, a a platform game but it's also pc uh it's a massively multiplayer online game 
Uh, so there's always people on here. Uh, mm -hmm. And you, you, you do like little missions. They're not terribly complex. In fact, what's kind of charming about it is this fucking thing is thir like 13, 14 years old. So the play is very advanced for 2011, right? For right okay. now, it's pretty far behind. <laughs> but do, in, do people form crews? Do you, yes. Can you like... Yes. Okay. It's rather charming in the simplicity of the gameplay. But the thing is, while I said it was free, uh, you, you, you pay like actual money to get something like Zen points or something. I have not given this thing a dime and I won't. But the idea is you're yeah. supposed to buy credit that you can then use to like buy starships and stuff. And okay. in theory, you can do that with, you can get ships without doing that. But they make it so complicated and Byzantine. I think they're yeah, trying to grind. Break, they're trying to break people's brains. I mean, no, no, even if, even if it was a grind and I knew how to grind, we want you to mine this so that you can sell it here so that you could turn it into this so you could buy a starship that is at least an approach this is like okay you need this stuff you might be able to get that by selling dilithium which you could get if you do this but you're gonna have to find it by doing this thing that requires this other what it, it's <laughs> yeah so like right now my favorite part of this game and it's an interesting i guess gameplay mechanic is trying to figure out how to play the game so that you don't have to pay money uh <laughs> <laughs> otherwise well, i would just... expect there's a whole online like network of of star trek fans who have have figured it out and can give you instructions like, i have looked there's for gotta be forums i've looked for said instruction and because this game is so old there are people who give instructions for the way it was eight years ago seven years oh, ago, no. five years ago it's like there is no and here's what it's like today even when I look up 2023, <laughs> they say, do it this way. And they're like, are you sure? Because they just changed this mechanic. Oh, okay. Ignore that then. Ah, it's it's and really. Everyone's in the mirror universe now. And all those instructions are opposite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Basically, this should be called Star Trek trolling. Because all it is is trolling people who want to play a fucking game and not play as the ship they were assigned to in the beginning. Uh but I'm not giving them a fucking dime. I'm not going to pay them for the honor of fucking with my head. Botany Bay? <laughs> Botany oh, Bay? No. <laughs> oh, God. Well, speaking of, let me ask you guys this, because I just randomly saw this pop up on one of my feeds, but someone was kvetching about Picard, the show you love so much, and how... I have not okay. done it. I have not gone for season three yet. Apparently, they do like a like an Easter egg sort of rando thing where Worf and Riker wind up on some secret lab base and they find uh, a library category listing for uh, Kirk's skeleton. They've got it like a yes. deep freeze and everybody's like, why, why the fuck would they right. have Kirk's skeleton? What? Yeah. It's like, they're just throwing out all this random like fan service stuff that makes no yeah. sense. They, apparently, they, they pulled it out of the Nexus or something. Yeah. Yeah. They, exactly. Well, they never actually, it was never in the Nexus. You know, Picard buried it on, uh, uh, you know, Rigel three oh. or whatever they were on. Okay. But, yeah. That, yeah. But the thing is like, they, they, there's this, this, this show is full of that. And that episode itself is full of that. They find, well, you know, Kirk skeleton, they find the Genesis device. They oh, find God. tribbles. At one point, they go to the Starfleet Museum, and there is uh, uh, the 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 Enterprise A, 
the the botany bay the well okay the, so the the klingon bird of prey they steal from star trek 4 it's like basically all of you know everything you've ever seen that was kind of cool is at this museum so that's that's where you have to go to get instructions for how to <laughs> yeah. play star trek online because clearly everything else has been yeah. put in the same place it's a well, there is that that starbase is in game, and I do go there, and there are instructions, and they're all confusing because they all say go here to go there. <laughs> uh, it's intentionally set up this game to frustrate you into giving them money, and I think that is the biggest troll of all. Well, that's why it's free to play. Yeah. That's the whole free to play model. Is yeah, it's free to play, but if you want to get anything out right. of it. First, you're gonna you're it. gonna pony up. Some that's cash. it. That's yeah. it. You've got it. You've hit the nail on the head. That is yeah. exactly what I want out of this game. I want a human fucking being to say, "We want your money. We're we we we're gonna stop <laughs> lying to you and make you think anything can happen without your credit card." Here's the so, here's the real deal. We want your money. Stupid. Hey, Eric, shut the. F- fuck up and just give us your money you dummy you're worth nothing except your ability to give us money that's what i want to eric hear. if you, if you <laughs> go into webster's and you look up the phrase free to play you will see them saying clearly eric you're fucking stupid we want your money that's what it says in webster's well then i'm gonna go that's look that up because that's all i've ever yeah. wanted that's all i've ever wanted <laughs> is truth you know that's, if you're gonna come in my mouth just tell me that's, that's all i ask validation that's all i want validation that's all he wants yeah <laughs> So yeah, that's my week. How are you? Oh God, I'm sorry. I uh, go ahead. Let me ask you this: I randomly found this movie on Amazon, and I had to watch it. It was from like 1977. It's main star listing. Uh, you've got Peter Cushing, uh, John Carradine, and Brooke Adams. Remember Brooke Adams from like. Uh, invasion of the body snatchers and what um so i read the description and basically there's like a secret uh squad of zombie nazis that have does this movie have a title by any chance i'm getting there i'm getting there but i think i know this movie wait a minute once you said squad of do they come out of the water yeah yeah it's basically it's called it's called shockwaves and basically a uh a uh charter boat with a cup a couple of people on it like two couples or something uh gets shipwrecked on this island and peter cushing is the only inhabitant and he basically turns out to be uh, an old ss officer in hiding who was in charge of this nazi death squad of zombies who basically turned on their creators and so they've sh- they scuttled the ship and these guys have been living underwater as zombies for like decades but they get washed ashore and suddenly they're on the island doing the rampage and killing everybody. But it's so slow. Like once you get the first shot, that's actually pretty cool of the zombies sort of rising up out of the surf. Then it's just a bunch of stock footage of people lumbering through swamp and then occasionally kind of dying in a violent way, but not getting shown. It is the dumbest, most boring movie about Nazi zombies I've, ever seen i didn't think it, scared it would be the possible crap out of me as a kid well yeah when i saw it as a child i was like whoa that's scary but yeah, i yeah. think the reason all those movies are so slow is because they knew that they were going to be watched in the theater and you yeah. just sit there and well the the guy that made it that was his first movie and he basically got financing and then he realized that horror movies did fairly well 
So he said, I'll just make a horror movie. And that's what he did. And it's just, <sighs> it's so dumb. It's like just like lengthy shots of just zombies lumbering through swampland or rising up out of water indiscriminately. And then Peter Cushing like has this whole like two minute trudge through the swamp. It's just him walking, like looking around and then walking. It's just the, it's the dumbest. I was like, you, See, you made a movie the, about zombie Nazis that is boring. How dare you? Yeah. The way, the way I see it, movies got, you know, faster paced starting with Star Wars because basically <clears throat> editing is work, right? Mm-hmm. And, and having to go through all those shots and then do more coverage so that you can do more editing and moving into the music video, you know, yeah. fad. Like, faster pace means more effort. Like, why? Why would I want to do that? Well, I you mean, know? yeah, it's but coverage. This one, yeah. This one's obviously shot on a budget, and you can tell. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's like when you... Like, you, when you first hear about Night of the Living Dead, when you're, you're younger, you've never seen it, but it's got this whole big, like, thing. Oh, it's the, one of the greatest movies ever. And then you end up watching the original Romero, and it's, like, just fucking boring as hell. Like, nothing happens. It's just like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. And you're, it's just lost on you uh, as to why it's so great, because of all the other stuff that came after it. Because <laughs> yeah. well, it's been it's been referenced and redone yeah, a million yeah, yeah. different ways, and it's like Citizen Kane that way. Like, all the innovation is yeah, just gone. Yeah, has been stolen from it. But yeah, uh, right. But it just but it's sort of like if you watch Shaun of the Dead, like one of the funniest jokes that runs through that thing is just about like all the zombies are just so fucking slow, <laughs> but to the point where they're like hiding among them, you know, going to the the Winchester or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like that. In shockwaves, but without any of the self-winky awareness, it's just basically lumbering zombies over yeah. and so over. I think, and so I think a lot cobra. of the, yeah, I think a lot of the the scariness of it, as I remember, <laughs> was the view of Nazis now. But as um, but it's like you know, for people who in recent memory saw fucking Nazis, you know, it's yeah. like the zombie wasn't the scary part; the Nazi was the scary part. Yeah, but I mean, by that account, it's like that was also, this one came out a couple years after Marathon Man, and I guarantee yeah. you that Laurence Olivier in the, in the, in the room with the, the drill, with the dentist drill, just going, is it safe? Is it safe? I mean, that's terrifying. That still freaks yeah, me out. Yeah, yeah. But- yeah, totally. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying, actually. It's the yeah. Nazi part that's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it was it was a lark, and uh, I don't know. It was it was a waste of like seventy seven minutes. <laughs> it was just <laughs> dumb. <laughs> uh, but find it; it's on Amazon if you really feel like watching it. Shockwaves. Well, you were selling it so hard just now. Yeah, I mean, I know it's. It I is do. so <laughs> funny though. That was like also one of those early uh, movies available on VHS that. You know, you you rented it because there wasn't really much of anything else, and I remember seeing that and going, "This is this is scary." Like compared yeah. to everything else on the <clears throat> horror shelf. Yeah, I mean it. It predates all of the '80s slasher stuff, so yeah, I guess at the time. But woof, woof, yeah, woof. You can definitely see how yeah. uh, Red Snow came out of this. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I would watch that over the this any day. That's someone who basically figured out that they could, uh, you know refine it and make it a little bit more interesting kind of like so okay so you just made me change what i'm bringing for the fresh shit (laughs) okay cool (laughs) with the red snow reference nice because 
I watched for the first time ever Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Yes! From the director of Red Snow. Yeah. That is such a right? ridiculously fun movie. It has no right to be yes! what it is. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> it's an so overlooked, dumb. an overlooked, underrated, in its own way, classic. I yeah. love that film. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it is exactly the movie it wants to be. This that director went on to direct Violent Night, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And the second unit director was David Leitch, who went on to make John Wick and all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. This movie has an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't understand it because it was so entertaining. It's, right? It's ridiculous, I but I, they play it completely straight. Right. They really were like, hey, grim fairy tales. Grim fairy tales were kind of fucked up. Yeah. We're just going to do that. Right. And and so, yeah, it's a big bitch's house made out yeah. of candy <laughs> and also blood and guts and shover in an oven. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I think what killed that movie is the fact that it, it, like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, was in its own way a parody of the kind of movies you say you actually like. Not you, but like what people say they actually like. Right. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you like that? Well, then fuck it. We'll do that with this, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, but the thing is, it's actually good at it, and I think that's... I like it because, it, yeah, it takes itself seriously, but at the same time, not. the hidden message is, this is just as dumb as everything else you watch. Well, I don't think it was... Right. I don't think it was helped by the fact that uh, Terry Gilliam had dropped uh, The Brothers Grimm not too much yeah. earlier, and that one took it a little bit more seriously, the conceit. Uh, yeah. And this one was basically like... saw that. Yeah, but this is basically like them doing that movie, but like Fast and the Furious would do it. It's just like it's just trying to eleven. It also it's so came dumb. around around the same time as Abraham Lincoln, uh, Vampire Hunter. Yeah, and so I think it, it kind of got tangled up in that. But I just I just love it in that it is it isn't winky winky though. It is not tongue in cheek. It's just yeah. This is Hansel and Gretel. They survived. They hate witches and they kill the shit out of them. And also, it's mostly practical effects. So there's a lot of there's animatronics and there's a lot of wire work. Yeah, and you know, and the CG is 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 kept to a uh, well, it's kept to a budget, isn't it? Um, which is great. It means that they have to to do the work. Yeah. and Bomke Jensen gives us a great villain turn and yeah i mean guys hansel and gretel witch hunters it's on some streaming service just about at any point in time go watch that thing i mean it's yeah jeremy renner and Gemma arterton basically as the titular Mm -hmm. siblings but they're all grown up they've got these like weird uh like steampunk weapons like automatic crossbow shooters and shit like that it's just so stupid but when peter stormar shows up that's how I know I'm in. I will watch anything with Peter Stormare. I don't care yeah. what it is because he's just so Agreed. weird. Yeah, so it's just Agreed. All, yeah. all around good. So I'm glad you liked it. It's a fun ride. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> lots of fun. Uh, and then I kind of want to. I kind of want to reference back the earlier conversation. So the the thing about going to the movie theaters, right? For me, I would rather watch a serious movie at home at this point because the, I'm getting driven to streaming by the audiences at this point. 
I go to the movie theater at this point because some movies just want to be on the biggest screen possible with the best sound possible, right? I'll, it's a bad movie, but Avatar, Way of Water, is a movie that I'll point to, right? Like, right. that's not... You can't get that experience at home. You just can't. And if if I could just pay for the shut-up screening, then I could really enjoy a lot of these more expensive, big-spectacle movies. But... I'm getting to the point where it's really not worth it, especially when it's a movie that was frankly mismarketed like Shazam Fury of the Gods. Why would was. you go to that? Why? Why? Because it's March and there's only one movie in the theater any given week worth going to see. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, I was I exist in the same month as you, Brian. You know what I saw? Nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna wait until there's something worth seeing. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, I'll, yeah, Shazam Fury of the Gods is a right down the middle three star movie. It it the if you saw the first one, you know the the first one had this charm to it because the whole deal is Billy Batson is a teenager and yeah. and he's got a teenager's psyche in the body of a superhero, and the the trailers and the commercials for this new one just really look like they forgot that that's what Shazam was like it's like this is taking itself way too seriously but the movie actually isn't the movie is a proper sequel to the first one it just hasn't been marketed as such um so it's it's lighthearted and and fun and it also has the looming shadow of okay so this is interesting so we know that the DCU as it has been is getting Dustbin, right? Like this movie is a a a dingleberry on the ass of the DCU, like <laughs> hanging on, um, and has no meaning for the larger context. But to me, that's another way they could have marketed it differently. Maybe they should have just said, "There is no DCU. This is just a Shazam movie. Enjoy it. It's a standalone thing. Like, don't worry about all the DCU stuff." Right? No, nah, not even heroes. close still a well, superhero sequel so who cares yeah. we're, we're the, the thing is now we're no longer glutted with sequels like we were in the 80s now everything has to be a shared universe and yeah. it's like and that's now all these movies are fucking homework i i <laughs> exactly uh. <coughs> well they actually spoil it in the tv commercials but they do do they have gal gadot show yeah, up do do exactly do do uh, yeah <coughs> and and again, that could have just been taken out, and I think the movie would be better if it was just its own thing. And and so maybe what we're learning here is the homework aspect comes from the shared universe thing because Marvel made all the money. Fair enough, but maybe okay. that's run its course, and people should just make movies. You know what? Okay, and not here's movie universes. Here's my suggestion: you start this second Shazam right at where the last one ended in the cafeteria. With Superman showing mm -hmm. up, only this time you pan the camera up and it's Dean Kane. That would have been funny. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like wait a minute, you're funny. not you're not Superman. You're are you Dean Kane? Yeah. Yes, I am. I'm from TV. Or or do like a CGI version of Christopher Reeve, like kick it back to the OG Superman and watch yeah, everybody's no, no, face no, no. like but, Nick Cage. But, but, uh, but, Nick Cage from but, the but, Tim Burton but, thing that didn't get made. Yeah. But put a but put a mustache on him this time. Put a mustache <laughs> on him. Oh God. Uh, anyway, 
Yeah, seriously, I don't. It's don't fine. you dare it, tell it, me not to see this movie because you know I'm fucking not gonna. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it. I know you're not going to, and you're missing nothing. But if you're interested in it, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you know. I mean, I get I it, Brian. Because e- I'll email. I'll email A. O. Scott of the New York Times and tell him you quit too soon, dude. There's a yeah. there's a Shazam sequel that you Shazam. Don't need to see. I mean, I get <laughs> it, Brian. Because you know, dying. growing up in uh, in Phoenix. It's like there's nothing to do. It's too fucking hot everywhere. So basically, yeah. most of the movies that come out are basically what I call air conditioning movies. It's like you just want to go sit in a yes. cold room yes. for like 90 that. minutes to two hours. That. That's when I saw Congo. Yeah. That's like the, the peak of air conditioning movies for me. Is when yeah. I went and saw in Congo. my house, I don't have, I don't have like hotel quality blackout curtains. I can't get the lights that low, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the day. They can, they can get black and it's loud sound and good picture and if people would just shut up yeah. i'd be happy i could have good popcorn anyway yeah yeah do it for brian people yeah okay i won't yeah i won't begrudge you popcorn popcorn is a reason <laughs> to go see a movie it's our primary reason to go well at this point it's it's it isn't it doesn't feel like we had a real weekend or a sunday isn't wrapping up if we can't go see a movie on sunday and sometimes we watch them at home but yeah. that's just kind of our thing we'd like to go see a movie all right so anyway, all right, whatever. Uh, let's talk about a movie we did watch at home, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Well, are we doing dodgeball first? Yeah, I totally lost count. Yeah, yeah we're doing dodgeball. Yeah, it's dodgeball. So, so uh, 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 the guy from Swingers has a gym, and he's got a bunch of loser buddies, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Zoolander decides that he wants uh, uh, his gym and ends up. Uh, you know, like like he's gonna buy up his his gym, and so they have a game of dodgeball to uh, decide who will uh, own the gym. It's kind of like that, with varying degrees of uh, uh, information. But basically, it's just a comedy that's about being stupid. It is one of those great comedies that doesn't care about its own premise. It's just a a fuck around movie, I guess you. I mean, know it. I mean, and it's, I respect. Yeah. I, I don't like movies that take themselves seriously but are complete piles of shit, like yeah. half of everything that comes out now, but I, I really love a movie that right out and tells you, we're just fucking with you. <clears throat> well, I like the fact that they, they do it like a straight-up sports movie, like you would, Yes, but it's a totally like ridiculous sport to center it on. It's, you know, it's not yeah. even like bowling. I mean, it's like basically a made-up thing. Dodgeball is what you played in junior high where the bullies would have all the fun by beaning everybody in the head or the mm-hmm. nuts, you know? That's literally dodgeball, so to make an entire movie right. about it, it just makes sense. But it's the, the snobs and versus the slobs. it is a sports slobs, movie. Yeah. yeah. It is definitely a sports movie. You have the the people who, you know, are the jocks, who who are the bullies, and then you have the people who are not, who are getting bullied, and they have a training montage, and they <laughs> learn how to do their sport, yeah. and they, you know, pull it, it out in the end. Yeah, it's, it's literally like, the bad news bears, and there's the one girl on the team. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it's, it's the bad news bears. I mean, that's a trope. But yeah, then you get the uh, the surly, curmudgeonly coach, played by Rip Torn, who comes in, who's like the the old school <laughs> dodgeballer, teaches him the what is Rip. it, the five D's, <laughs> dodge, duck, dip, no, two dodge. Were dodge. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, you know, he's got the best line in the movie, which is, 
if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball, and he just starts chucking wrenches yeah. at everybody, <laughs> trying to get him to learn yeah. how to dodge. Oh, it's just silly. Um, uh, so yeah, the the fact that so it's, yeah, here's, here's how I viewed cast. it though. Its strength is its cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, It's Vince Vaughn. It's Ben Stiller. Christine Taylor. Fine, but you've got Rip Torn being you know completely insane. Uh, you've got Missy Pyle is is so underrated. Missy Pyle is just not appreciated for her genius. Yeah, she's the creepy, bizarre Russian dodgeball player who's like screamingly ugly that one of the you know one of our heroes develops the crush on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh the 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 gary cole jason bateman espn jason bateman yeah jason bateman is like pulls it out of nowhere he's given nothing and he makes it so funny yeah the the broness (laughs) that he brings to that well alan tudyk is the wannabe (laughs) pirate steven root uh yeah it's it's so just it's fun to watch just to watch these professionals be you know like really good at being jerk offs. Yes. Well, and this is also around the same time that Justin Long was still doing Justin Long in the movies, you know what I mean? Like that nerdy, well-intentioned yeah. kid. Uh so it's just yeah, it's got all the elements. But yeah, Brian's right. It basically is uh Bad News Bears, which is I Bad News Bears is literally my number one all-time favorite sports movie period and <laughs> story. Uh, yeah. followed closely number two is Slapshot Dodgeball I would put anywhere around three if I'm being totally honest with you guys it's just it's the it's a it's a sports movie true true and it just every time I watch it it still makes me laugh which is astonishing it's a me. it is a sports so, movie that is also a parody of sports movies right yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. so here's the thing that 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 I'm also getting out of this and and I don't know if this is gonna resonate for you guys i think this specifically resonates for people who had kids who were the right age when these during this decade but when the nostalgia train i really want the nostalgia train to go straight from the 80s to the y2k i want the nostalgia train to skip the 90s because the 90s fashion was boring and the whole thing was kind of just sour and dour the y2k aesthetic is possibly tackier than the 80s it is even more artificial it is even more fake positive and just just awful like it is the it is just the most corporate kitschy piece of shit decade and i think it's going to be great fun for for nostalgia and and movies like this are of that time right where it's just well yeah we know it's dumb. We know there's there's sexism, but we're like beginning to pull away from from sexism. It's like male gaze. It's 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 FHM. It's not penthouse, right? You see what I'm saying? Like it's well, it's like we're we're think, we're starting to realize that we maybe need to treat the women like people. So we're going to objectify them, but they keep their clothes on. Kind of objectification, yeah. and the guys are all dumb and need to get their shit together <laughs> well where they where the strength lies in this movie is like eric said it's the cast especially the the top two with vince vaughn and ben stiller yeah because they're basically playing vince vaughn and ben stiller i mean that's the shtick yeah. and it works i mean it's like any other movie that would be like oh give me a fucking break but yeah. this one this it, is it's clicks yeah this is sort of it, also important to keep it in its era 
This is like the height of the frat pack, as mm-hmm. they called yes. it. Yes. Which was the Wilson brothers, Ben Stiller, uh, uh, Vince Vaughn, uh, Vince Vaughn, but, but, uh, um, Buscemi. No, 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 the, the, uh, uh, Anchorman. Uh, Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. those five dudes all were in each other's movies and they were all like varying degrees of stupid. I think, I think the whole thing finally comes to an end with, uh, Starsky and Hutch. I don't think anybody had any patience for this after that, but Dodgeball was <laughs> kind of the height because, again, nobody had seen this yet. <laughs> this, oh, can this we, can we talk this. about the Ben Stiller character? Because this is the same. And ben, this is all of Ben Stiller's characters, basically. Which is these basically. completely <laughs> white Goodman, not no self awareness whatever, yes. whatsoever. <laughs> well, the fact egotistical assholes, yeah. right? And and the thing is that he's he's just too good at it like you get the sense that he actually is one of those guys and he's only self-aware enough to know that if he has he has to cast himself <laughs> as such to have plausible yeah, yeah. deniability because he's too good at it that's funny <laughs> but i mean it's yeah but it's the same thing it's sort of like uh zoolander on steroids is basically white well, it's white. tug speedman from from Tropic it's, Thunder, it's, right? it's all it's, of them it's, but it's like you know yeah and he's just and but the way that stiller can pull off just the most inane dialogue and make it work like there's that scene where it's uh peter lafleur the vince mod character is like you really think you can come in here and buy me out you're a lot dumber than i thought and he's just like oh i don't think i'm a lot dumber than you thought i think that i thought i once was it's like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) and he just does it without even thinking and it just works it's so stupid oh i could you have a ben stiller without tom cruise existing at the same time because i really do feel like he is a mirror the when he played his his stuntman in those behind the scenes things for Mission Impossible Two, I was like, Jesus Christ! You, 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 you need Ben Stiller in a world where Tom Cruise exists. Yeah, because Tom Cruise is the reality. Ben Stiller is the parody. I think yeah. everything he does is basically what Tom Cruise would do. If, <clears throat> uh, <you> know, <laughs> and Tom Cruise is in on it. Like Tom Cruise did yeah. a cameo in Traffic Thunder, yeah, yeah. right? But well, but but <clears throat> yeah. but the fact that they they follow the trope so well but it somehow feels fresh in dodgeball i don't really know how they pull it off because this movie uh it just shouldn't work at all and yet i've seen it a dozen times and i still like it it's just bizarre to me because you start with you know here's the the impetus he's losing his gym uh he needs to come up with fifty thousand dollars to pay his back taxes or else uh the jerk face across the street with the big globo gym is going to buy out the share and turn it into a parking lot. Then Steven Root's character reads obscure sports quarterly and comes up with this dodgeball scheme. And then they have to go do the qualifier, which is a bunch of Girl Scouts. And then they get disqualified because one of the Girl Scouts is like uh, using steroids. Juicing. juicing. Yeah. And so it's, so it's just <laughs> little shit like that. So they end up in, in the, the tournament by mistake and then have to sort of learn to go from there, and they're the true underdogs, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they yeah, just is... they dispense with all of the other teams, boom, 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 so that they could get to the Purple Cobras and the Average Joes and just get on with it. I think it's there's an economy here that just works, and they just cut out yeah. all of the horse shit. Well, <laughs> you know? you, yeah, you, you, take, you take a tried-and-true thing, and you do it with energy and conviction, right? You can, you can put on... Uh, I'll say the, uh, 42nd Street. 42nd Street still tours. 
the Broadway show, they haven't changed it. They haven't made it ironic the way they did with Oklahoma or whatever. But right. 42nd Street is just, we're going to do 42nd Street, and it's a stupid story, but there's a whole lot of tap dancing and some kick-ass mirrors, and you're going to have fun. And this movie is kind of that. We're going to do a straight-down-the-middle, bad-news-bears, goofy thing about stupid people, and we're going to just do it as best we can, and we're going to have fun doing it, and that fun's going to rub off on the audience. Yeah. I mean, it works. It works. The, this is this is very close to the other not not in structure but like in the in tone to basketball, which did not work. No, uh, I hate that movie. because mm. I think that was nothing but a series of you know rim shot jokes. You know, it was like it was like every thirty seconds to you know a minute. Oh, that's a funny thing I should laugh at now. Yeah. Well, that's- whereas this is just. So mind-bendingly stupid, you start laughing yeah. at just what? <laughs> well, the thing yeah. with uh, with basketball, I mean, that's like that's the South Park guys, Parker and Stone, doing a movie that's directed by one of the airplane guys, and so it's just yeah. I think they they forced it. It was too too much. It's like this has to be funny. Isn't this funny? Ho ho! Wasn't that funny? It's like no, yeah, no, no. exactly. Whereas exactly. is that? Is that also that that Parker and Stone have that cynicism, and they're just like, "Yeah, we know this is stupid, and we think it's stupid too, yeah. right?" Like these, the, that's the difference between these two movies. Basketball is, we think this is stupid too, and these guys are like, "Yeah, this is stupid, but it's fun. Let's have fun." Well, I mean, who yeah, cares? And basketball it is more like they got you know Shanghai into something. Like it was almost a contractual <laughs> obligation because because yeah. you've got other. Like you know, fucking comedy luminaries like Jenny McCarthy and uh, the the bad guy from Superman Three. You know, it's like there's there's no reason to watch basketball uh, except for the marketing. If you like South Park, yeah, there's nothing going on <clears throat> in it, but it is the same idea. You know, sp- spoof sports movie. Well, this this at least like I don't know. It's different. It's just structurally. It's maybe it's because the jokes themselves are part of the story. Instead of like a bunch of sort of incidental lumping in of quick ha-has? I mean, probably. I mean, it's is it weird if I say that this like Dodgeball, the closest movie that I can approximate it to is uh, Good Burger. Have you ever seen that? The the one with Keenan oh. and Kel from the nineties. Didn't didn't see that. It's the, it's basically it's it. this it's the same fucking movie. It's basically Good Burgers like the the, the tiny struggling uh, good guy burger chain, and then like the the Globo Gym version of the burger joint moves in across the street and tries to put him out of business, and then shenanigans ensue. It's literally the same structure, which I think is what works in Dodgeball's favor because it's just using literally like just tropes that have been lying on the ground for decades, <laughs> and they just repurpose <laughs> them with like funny zippy dialogue and humor uh, that fits the yeah. the actors, and that's why it works. I think. Because it's like you do this in any other form, any other cast, it would not have made $148 million, I guarantee you. Yeah. No way. I think maybe maybe the other thing with Dodgeball requires is that you're culturally aware enough to know what the joke is based on. Right. It's like, I think Dodgeball also works because we've seen so many Bad News Bears. Right. Well, yeah. I like the fact that, uh, that there was some sort of... Uh, copyright lawsuit involving dodgeball because uh, the really? yeah the guys that made it uh got sued for 
for someone who claimed copyright infringement because of an unproduced screenplay that these other guys had written and submitted like a week <laughs> earlier. And it went to court because of the similarities to the plots in the two screenplays. And then, uh, <laughs> and yeah. the lawyers basically, for the defendants, dismissed some of the allegations as coincidental. And ultimately, they said that uh, the work of the writers used common formulaic elements. So it's like, this is just, mm -hmm. this is just building blocks that everybody has access to. So shut up. <laughs> it's like, just you're this movie ripped off so many yeah, other yeah. things that we couldn't have ripped you off. Is that, yeah. <laughs> that was the, <laughs> so it was set, funny. settled out of court, but I'm like, really? Like you're going to see someone over this, which is basically just trope, 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 trope. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> That's what makes it so funny is that it's just literally every sports movie you've ever seen. It's just stupid. I've, I've said it before on the podcast, but it bears repeating. Can we please give give props to the actual voice of our generation, Jason Bateman, who, right? who cameos in this thing. <laughs> who would have thought that fucking guy would be the guy? But right? he is Gen X. As, as in any, Brooks. In yeah. any era... Well, I like that they're the man. The man has done I it. I like it. It's him and Gary Cole. They're <laughs> it, sort of like modeled on the the best in show, uh, Fred Fred Willard uh, type deal. And all of ESPN at the time. Yeah, I mean, the the old Fuego. Yeah, yeah. But it's like hot, like the Gary Cole character at one point is like, in twenty three years of broadcasting, I thought I'd seen it all, folks. But it looks like Peter Lafleur has actually blindfolded himself during the climax and it's like he will not be able to see very well cotton it's like that it's like, <laughs> those oh, two man. guys those two guys are both gen x aren't they because yeah i mean i mean jason bateman kind of horned in on the other one's uh, uh action with uh, arrested development right and being the oppressed dad figure right but they are both sides of this you know two sides of the same coin of yeah. that whole era yeah if you believe in Gen X, I'm not sure there is any such thing as uh, generations, really. There's just I, young people and old people. I guess. But yeah, the, the, like, their screen time is like maybe five minutes, if that, during the whole tournament. Yeah. But the dialogue that they've got is just insanity. It like, looks like it's yeah. going to be two to one, a menage a trois pain. Usually you pay double for that kind of action, <laughs> Cotton. <laughs> it's like, oh, so I dumb. think, yeah. I also, I, I like uh, Cole's reaction to Bateman, which yeah. is never, oh my god, why am I working with this jerk off? No, it's that they both know each other's thing, yeah. and they do it off of each right. other so well. Uh, but then, so uh, yeah, is there much more to say about dodgeball? It's, it's, well, it's a light, fluffy, fun, yeah. 90 minutes of just sit down and turn off your brain and have a have fun movie. I mean, yeah. Okay. The parts that that don't age well. Uh Okay. First off, really I have I always have a problem with the fat suit mm -hmm. comedy, you know? This is not a woke thing. This is just it's fucking mean. Yeah. You know, like I don't really see the point in having jokes at the expense of fat people but not having jokes at the expense of, you know, handicapped people. Right. You know, like why like like I mean we have why offend we have just humor one yeah, class we of people. We have jokes around uh, uh Rip Torn, but not specifically because he's in a wheelchair. But then when uh, uh Zoolander is in the fat suit in the end, he's playing with his nipples and he's eating himself to death. Oh, that's hilarious. Fuck you. Yeah. It seems very tacked. It's just not nice. It just seems very tacked on. But I mean this has also Ben Stiller who uh, 
I think gets a lot of leeway for whatever reason for shit. Yeah. Because, like, Tropic Thunder, like, putting Downey Jr. in there in blackface to make a comment on people playing blackface, but it's still just, it teeters right on the edge of just totally tasteless. I don't know how he gets away with that. Except that because in the movie, they keep telling him, you are, you know, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. This is not cool. There is mm-hmm. no one in Dodgeball saying, you're wearing a fat suit. That's not cool. Yeah. You know? it's just He's dumb. literally a fat guy. And that's <laughs> so great that the bad guy got his comeuppance by being fat. Yeah. You know, and, and then there's the thing with, um, what is his wife's name? Uh, Chris, I don't know Taylor. because Taylor. I can only think of her name as Maureen McCormick because she isn't Maureen McCormick. <laughs> she's yeah, Marcia. but she was Marcia. Jan Brady. Yeah, in, no, she was Marcia. Marcia Brady in the yeah. in the Brady Bunch yeah. movie. Yes, Greg. <clears throat> she looks exactly like yeah. Maureen McCormick. Well, Christine Taylor. Yeah. The whole okay. thing. The yeah. whole thing with I'm not a lesbian. I'm bisexual. I still kiss chicks. Oh. What a fuck. Yeah. I'm like yeah. yeah, that's unnecessary too. Uh, 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 other than the you know again these sort of shallow male. Yeah. I don't really get understand sex. I just want it all the time. I think is the point of that. I, mean, I don't yeah. know. Honestly, you know where the movie really just comes to a grinding halt for me is when Peter LaFleur, Vince Vaughn is uh, on his way back home. He's just quit. He's taking the money. He's just done. And then Lance Armstrong shows up out of nowhere to give him a pep talk about <laughs> that was quitting. funny as fuck. It's just like, oh god! No. It's like, like looking back with what we know now, it's like yeah. that is either genius or the yeah. saddest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh well, my god! I, it's like I, I want the special edition where they like get a deep fake of Lance Armstrong to say, "Here's how you win," and like hands him a syringe, <laughs> yeah, you know, because <laughs> it's like, it's, or, like that's a or, joke. or or or. I'm sorry, no, or or the reissue where uh, Steven Spielberg digitally replaces him with a walkie-talkie. Yeah. And he's just talking to a walkie-talkie in the floor. No, I, I like that part, is particularly, so what kind of cancer did you have? Yeah. You know, I can understand quitting, you know. Oh, I'm the just, only one. Just, just so dumb. But then it's, it, <coughs> yeah, knowing what we know now about his juicing yeah. and, and what he, how he cheated to win, it's like, yeah, that's, that's got a new flavor to it. Yeah. At the same time, I still maintain Lance Armstrong uh, basically put together millions of dollars to help find a cure for cancer on the back of a child's toy. Yeah. Wah, wah. True. But still, yeah. cheaters never win. But, uh, I mean, Highlight Schmidt, it's like... Yes, they fucking do. What do you talk... Anyway. Yeah. Well, Highlight Schmidt, <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, you've got Vince Vaughn doing the Vince Vaughn thing, which is like, I've seen it a million times. It's like he's literally just doing a version of his swingers character in just about everything. And so it's like, eh. He's like the, the, the Y2K version of Bill Murray, like doing the early 80s stuff. He's just like the cheeky, yeah. you know, suave guy. Uh, and, and, you know, Stiller's okay. He's just doing Stiller. Uh, but Rip Torn, when he's allowed to choose scenery, it's like he's just he's the funniest thing. Like, yeah. like when he was on uh, the Larry Sanders show, he was the funniest thing on that. When he, when he was in Men in Black, defending your defending life, your life, he stole Men that in movie. Black, even even yeah. fucking Beastmaster, he steals that shit from everybody as the bad guy. <laughs> when, when is he not allowed to choose scenery? Rip Torn just yeah. just takes over the screen if he's on yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so bad dumb. He went crazy. Well, I mean, you know, that's that happens. But I mean, it's like you can. He's always been crazy, actually. Yeah, he was in a movie uh, in the like late sixties, early seventies. 
I I can't remember. It was like it was it was like bordering on a reality <laughs> sort of. So, basically, he stabbed a guy, like for real, right? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, but they give him he's, all of he's, at, he's off his nut. They yeah. give him all the choice lines, but when he when he says them, it just it rings true somehow. You know, it's just like you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball, you can dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. It's like I believe this man when he's saying this shit. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like come on, man. Uh, With the implication I, being that he couldn't do that because now he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. But anyway, but I mean, with their question on uh, it too, they're like, yeah. "Is it necessary to throw a wrench? Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine?" <laughs> it's like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's just they let him choose so much yeah. scenery. It's amazing. And it, it's, not a, it's not a question, you know, all these other things I'm talking about are not a question of being woke or not, because if that were the case, I should, I should go tisk 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 at him calling, uh, you know, the Mac guy queerbait, but right. I, I blew soda out of my nose laughing so hard yeah. when he called him queerbait. Yeah, because he could do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's ripped torn. Well, yeah, it's insane, but it's loud. Yeah. And it's just perfectly cast again, because you got Steven Root doing the Steven Root, uh, like King of the Hill type character, sort of the, the milk toast, uh, mousy guy who's kind of, uh, very nerdy. He just, he does it so well. It's like Milton as Milton's cousin. It's like that sort of vibe, uh, from office space. And then you get Justin Long doing the Justin Long dorky teen character. Uh, but then you get like Alan Tudyk just left of nowhere doing <laughs> like like Jerry the pirate or whatever his fucking name is. It's like, why is this guy acting like a pirate? They never fucking explain it. And that to me is the funniest thing in the whole movie. Cause it's like, why is he doing this? I don't know. He's just doing it and they're going along with it. Sure. Why not? Yeah. It's just like, come on, man. It's so weird. That was an under, that was an underused piece of, I don't know. I yeah, because they don't. He is a pirate. He likes being a pirate. They don't explain him being a pirate. He gets shit for being a pirate yeah. from Vince Vaughn once. Goes on basically, you know, has an existential crisis. He comes back not a pirate, and there's no though, payoff. Right? Yeah. There's no there's it's no piratey moment yeah. where it all needed to be in the yes. script. Well, except yeah. like, that is what it needed. Except they're like, you want to be a pirate? Be a pirate. Here's some money. I mean, it's like, oh, that's sweet. Uh, so it's just weird, I guess. But the fact that, uh, <clears throat> cause the, the guy that made it, Ross and Thurber Marshall, uh, he did We're the Millers, uh, after this one, which I watched again after Dodgeball and We're the Millers is still pretty fucking funny too. It's still got some questionable stuff in it, but it still holds up, which is the one with Jason Sudeikis and, uh. Jennifer Anderson, Jennifer Anderson, like pretending to be a family with like these two teenagers to go to Mexico and yeah. smuggle dope back into the country. Uh, it works. Well, I mean, this is the this is the comedy nexus between yeah this frat pack and uh, it's also the aftermath of the Farrelly brothers yeah, yeah. and the Hangover movies, yeah. right? So there's just a whole bunch of improvisational like suffering, <laughs> shitty you yeah. know gross out comedy. So, um, and these are like the light versions of yeah. that. But Dodgeball just, it stands out to me. Because if you look at any of the other ones, like like Will Ferrell did, uh, what was it? Uh, the the bas- semi-pro, school. semi-pro, the one about the, the basketball team. Okay. Oh, yeah. Did with Harrelson. That's yeah. terrible. That's not funny at all. And it uses the same basic formula, but it falls flat. 
Uh, and then you watch it's that same Will Ferrell thing of Will Ferrell being unaware and thinking he's yeah. you know, fucking awesome, having to learn yeah. he's not awesome. And then if, and and it's it's part of like a seventies trilogy, right? That Anchorman and like the other one. Yeah, he, 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 is, the he has so many ice skating <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just forgettable just movies. Yeah. The Will Ferrell version of this movie, Ben Stiller is the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed it's to the antagonist, dumb. right? Yeah. But if but if you look at other yeah. stuff like like we already did a show about Starsky and Hutch, and that's Stiller and Owen Wilson as the team up. It's okay. You watch any of these like frat pack movies on up to like oh, we'll call we'll say the watch in like twenty eleven, which was Stiller and Vince Vaughn and uh like what who's the guy from uh Superbad? And uh, Moneyball, ah, I fucking forget his name right now. But anyway, Jonah Hill. Hill and Richard Ayoade. It's like they're they're okay, but they're just flat for some reason. This particular pairing, this particular movie, it just clicks. I just I can't explain it. I, there's no reason for it, uh, but it just works. And I think it's because it's such a stupidly simple plot structure that they're just allowed to just you know have fun and paint in paint out of the lines whatever uh and it just works right just my and in a sense they make fun of the right people the right way they don't right it's it's not it's not as victimy i guess true very true but also yeah a darn good time at the movies i still i'm astonished this thing or on your couch without going to the movies because you know well yeah there's yeah but anyway the fact that it made hey guys made 170 million dollars how is that possible? What were we doing in 2004 that this movie made $170 million? Well, that's just it. The 2000s were like the, the absolute real peak yeah. of tackiness and consumerism mm-hmm. and just, just shit. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're into that, watch this movie. Go on your streaming service, check it out, and then like find another one that we should be watching and talking about on the show and then tell us yeah. about it. You want to know how you can tell us about it? Go to our website maghuge.com m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com you can find links to our twitter where we're maghuge or our facebook or instagram you can find a link to email us magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com and and let us know and then subscribe to the podcast share it on your social media feeds with your friends and uh, we'll be back next week with more shenanigans seriously if you can dodge a ball you can dodge a podcast that's actually true (laughs) 